more recent times, the Labor Day weekend has been associated with going back to school and the change of seasons. And that's fair enough. That certainly, they are themes that certainly happen at this time of year on Labor Day weekend. But the origins of Labor Day do not address themes. Rather, it addresses the reality of human life, of justice, of rights, of workers. And in the late 19th century, those things took on a new focus as labor movements arose. And in 1894, the holiday of Labor Day in this country was established. But even before that happened, the church had addressed such issues. In fact, it was three years before the naming of the holiday that Leo XIII, 1891, wrote his famous encyclical, Rerum Novarum. Perhaps it rings a bell. And that issued a whole set of social justice principles from the church addressing the modern world, the concern for the poor in society, the critique of modern political ideologies, whether that was communism or capitalism. All of these things the church spoke of, trying to shed light and understanding, even wisdom, into the practical realities of human life, of work. The church, of course, offers more than just teachings and writings, but she also possesses witnesses of men and women who worked well, who walked the walk of faith. We call these men and women saints. And as we come to this weekend of Labor Day, the witness that such people offer should be noted. One of the great saints, John XXIII, he lived in some of your live lifetimes, he was once asked about workers. A reporter asked him, Holy Father, how many people work in the Vatican? And he said, about half. I always laugh at that, it, it, and people, we, we all laugh at it, and we don't even work in the Vatican, but we know that where we work, about half, maybe we even, if we're honest, can admit that as one of those workers, if we're, I don't know if we even measure up that much, or if you do, you examine your own conscience, if it's half. Today's gospel and the readings about discipleship invite and are teasing out of us another way, a fuller way, as we hear Jesus, who himself gives witness to working with his all, of giving his all. Certainly, the Lord did that. 
But consider the author of that second reading, St. Paul. He introduces himself today to Philemon as being an old man. He finds himself in prison, probably in Rome, because of his witness to Christ. Here is a man who had worked his all for Jesus. He's been shipwrecked. He's been exiled. He's endured stonings. Here is one who is still giving. They say that St. Paul probably died when he was around 60 years old. And he describes himself today as an old man. This letter to Philemon, it's, it's really a it's his shortest letter. Sometimes they call it a postcard. In Greek, I think it's only 366 words. But it's a beautiful word. And that's for another homily. But for this one, contemplate what Paul might have looked like. An old man chained in prison writing or dictating this letter. Certainly, there's no sound of bitterness or malaise, but a man of virtue and substance, not half-hearted. Another witness, more in our own modern day, I remember this one, Mother Teresa. Tomorrow marks 25 years since Mother Teresa died. If you remember those days, um, Princess Diana had died at the same time. She died, I believe, it was August 31. And Mother Teresa, some think she got lost in the shuffle and the death of Diana. But in my own opinion, this is not the gospel, but in my opinion, I know who shines brighter. The substance of Mother Teresa, the way in which she worked. When she spoke about her work and her plans, she said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And we laugh at that, too, because we know that's true. We heard it in the first reading, how fickle, how unsure are our plans. And yet, there is a plan. And that plan has been revealed to us. It's spoken to us in this gospel today. And so often when we read this gospel of God's plan, we laugh at it. <laughs> or we mock it. Certainly people in the world do. Paul wasn't in jail for nothing. This morning, the Bishop of Nicaragua isn't in jail for nothing. The plan of discipleship, God's plan, of living in such a way that we live with our all. How does that happen? I think it happens day by day. It's decision by decision. It's forming habits. It's becoming virtuous, knowing our weaknesses and not beating ourselves up over it, but not being victims of it, 
but seeing each day and every opportunity as another opportunity to live a different way, a passionate way, with love and even with hate. I've never understood those signs, hate has no home here. I've never understood that. I kind of understand it, but I think it's false. Every Saturday morning, together with parishioners, I kneel down at this step and I pray for hatred. I say, Lord, give me a deep hatred of sin and that purity of heart which will attach me to you alone. God wants us to be passionate, not in a disordered way that sets fires as we see in our world today, not in a quiet hatred way where we say we have no hate and yet we're filled with it, but in a passionate way where we know who we are we, and we're striving to become who God calls us to be. On my retreat this summer, I heard it put this way, and I try to remember this every morning, to live not competitively or comparatively, but to live contributively. That each day when I wake up, I'm not in a competition or in a comparing session. But I have an opportunity to contribute something to this day that is utterly unique. My love, my time, God working in me for others. What a labor that is. And that's a labor that produces fruit. When I mentioned about Uncle Claude, everyone was like shocked. And to the people watching from home, he was the guy whose back head you saw. It's amazing. The live stream stops at that pew. And everyone would know him from the back of his head. And even if you didn't know him, I mean, he was an old man. But he wasn't an old miser. You know old misers? I do. Lord, save me from that. Lord, save me from being an empty shell that when my life ends, it's like the balloon pops and the air goes out. There is another way to live with passion and to be willing to suffer passion in the way that Jesus speaks today, to labor and to live his way. I want to close with a prayer of a, uh, according to the Missionaries of Charity, this was one of Mother Teresa's favorite prayer, and she lifted it from another saint, Saint John Cardinal Newman. And he lived in England in a day when, you know, um, you know, the toilet systems weren't what they are today. And his heartfelt prayer to the Lord for himself was this. Dear Jesus, help me to spread your fragrance everywhere I go. 
Flood my soul with your spirit and life. Penetrate and possess my whole being so utterly that my life may only be a radiance of yours. Shine through me and be so in me that every soul I come in contact with may feel your presence in my soul. Let them look up and see no longer me, but only Jesus. Stay with me, and then I shall begin to shine as you shine, so as to shine as to be light to others. The light, O oh Jesus, will be all from you. None of it will be from me. It will be you shining in others through me. Let me thus praise you in the way you love best by shining on those around me. Let me preach you without preaching. Which is interesting because I'm preaching. <laughs> Not by words, but by example. By catching the force and the sympathetic influence of what I do. The evident fullness of the love of my heart bearing witness for you. My friends, as we celebrate this Labor Day weekend, let us be attentive to all the labor that is done. And let us resolve not to labor in vain.